Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 178, Pumped, Primed, and Ready for Action. Yes, what is it that we are going to talk about today? Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a couple, and the discussion really started to head towards the frequency of how often they were being intimate. And for them, the number that they were currently at was about three times a week. And this is what they were focused on. So it seemed like even though they were having some issues outside of the bedroom and some inside the bedroom as well, it seemed like whenever they attempted to try to have some discussions about what was happening and what was going on, it seemed like they would always land on the topic of frequency and focused mainly on the ins and outs and the details of the actual intercourse itself. And throughout the discussion, what would often come up is the sex drives, right? And this is very, very common and the the level of the libido for husband and wife and how they're not the same. And something that comes up quite frequently and did for this couple as well was the notion of the husband saying like, well, this is like, I have a sex drive. I'm a man. And that's not something that I can help, right? Like I'm born this way and i am made to have a sex drive i'm made to have that desire to procreate and to keep the human species alive and kicking on the earth right now there's there's no argument there right this is all actually very true it's factual if you look at just the sex drive alone, the testosterone levels, I mean, they are so completely opposite between a man and a woman. And they're meant to be that way. There's nothing wrong when a husband has a higher sex drive and the wife has a lower sex drive. It actually means that you're both normal (laughs) and that you're both functioning how you are supposed to be functioning and how you were created to function. But a lot of times, because there is a difference here, what ends up happening is that our brain makes those different numbers and those different levels mean something. And it our brain will usually make it mean something very negative, like, ugh, The husband might be like, there is something wrong with this wife, this woman. Why can't her sex drive just be like mine? It should just be the same. That would be so fun. It would be so easy. And the wife is having similar thoughts when she thinks about her husband and his sex drive. She will often think like, gosh, get a grip. Why why is this all you think about? 
Don't you think about other things? Like if you could just tone it down a bit, if your sex drive was more like mine, uh, our sex life would probably be a lot easier and not so complicated. And um, we would probably both be very happy. And so each spouse starts to think that something is wrong with the other spouse simply because the sex drive is not the same. And something that's very interesting that really goes along with this is that because men and women have completely different testosterone levels and because they have very different arousal systems, something happens with the the man that doesn't necessarily happen for the woman. And that is they can become very easily aroused on the spot, right? Like spontaneously. That's actually the name of their arousal system is the spontaneous arousal system. And so they can be ready for action and for intercourse in a moment's notice, right? It doesn't take much. And if they operate that way, that's very normal. It's very natural. Women are built with a completely different arousal system behind the scenes, right? It is not spontaneous. It's more of a responsive approach to intimacy. And so we need very specific things to respond to and not just like anything to respond to, especially things that make us super stressed. Yeah, we may be responding to stressful things, but that doesn't mean it's going to lead us to becoming aroused and in the mood. So we have to really start to learn what are the things that we actually respond to in a positive way that would make us want to be closer to our husband, that would actually make us be interested and move towards intercourse. And so if if discussions are happening between husband and wife and the main topic is frequency or just some of the details about sex, I want to point out that that is only half of the equation. And that part of the equation is actually addressing the male part of the equation. It's addressing the sex. It's addressing the part that's easy for men to go to and to want to be engaged in. And it also addresses their drive and their desire to satisfy that drive. So what usually ends up happening is if there are discussions that are taking place between a husband and a wife about sex, it's usually limited in its scope. That means that what is actually being discussed is there's not like a huge variety. Sometimes if a woman will try to address this part that's missing from the equation, she may say like, um, I really want to feel more connected to you. Like something is missing and she's on the right track because things are missing. But because men are not taught this, because women are not taught this, what ends up happening is, yeah, we're saying something, but we don't know what to do about that. We don't know how to solve for what is actually missing. And so that's why it becomes 
very easy to just go back to the topic of frequency and some of the details about sex. It's because what else have we been given to actually discuss in a concrete way? Usually nothing. Okay. And so the few discussions that are being had are also limited, right? They are only half of the equation. And if we just keep going back to the same topic of frequency over and over, it's going to start to feel very one-sided, especially for the woman, because the things that actually address her arousal will not be part of the discussion. So I want everyone to just take a minute to think, like, do you know what the prerequisites are for the men's arousal, right? For spontaneous arousal. Do you know what the prerequisites are? Could you list them? And then I want you to ask yourself the same question for the women. For their type of arousal, the responsive arousal, what's the number of prerequisites that are needed to actually get her body into the arousal phase so that her body is pumped and primed and ready for sex? What's the number of prerequisites? And then take it a step further and say, okay, what are the names? Like, what are those prerequisites? Most of us are not going to know those answers, right? We have not been taught these things. And even the information that is out on the internet is very, very confusing. In one article or book, it'll describe it this way. And in the next article, it will describe it the exact opposite way. No wonder we're having such a hard time with this, right? There's so much confusion out there. It's not clear. It's not complete. There are so many missing components. And we are left here floundering around, feeling very frustrated. So, While even a discussion about sex could easily get a man pumped, primed, and ready for action, it will uh, most of the time not have the same effect for women since their arousal system is different. So what we have is a focus pretty much across the board that is mainly male-centered. Now, this isn't to badmouth men in any way, shape, or form, not at all. It's to bring awareness to the forefront that this is actually taking place. So husbands, yeah, I hear you. You're frustrated, right? You're frustrated that you're having a hard time and your wife's having a hard time figuring her out and what actually helps her get in the mood. And women are equally frustrated, if not more frustrated Because this information is not readily available out there and it's confusing. She doesn't know it about herself. Her husband doesn't know it about her. And when you guys do have sex, it's more likely that the husband is enjoying it. He's tapping into pleasure. He's experiencing pleasure. The wife is having the sex with her husband. But because there are components missing, it's not pleasurable for her. This creates a cycle where it becomes very challenging for her to have a desire for more if we're not tapping into the pleasure part of her brain 
through the correct arousal system. So what's happening? What's going on? What what do we do about all this? Um, We need to make sure that we start using a complete system. Most of the world right now is operating on an incomplete system. And what's incomplete is the part that is the the woman's part, all the components of her arousal, that's pretty much missing. And so, yes, I feel for both husbands and wives because it's frustrating. It's frustrating when nobody knows all the parts. And so in these discussions and in every um, couple's attempt to try to make things better, because there's so much missing information, it it just goes back again to frequency and the details of sex as the solution. So even our attempts and our best intentions are still going to be one-sided if we don't have the complete system and we don't have all the correct information. What's missing are these prerequisites for women to ignite their arousal system. And so what is missing is the journey, the journey of the sexual experience, the buildup, everything that leads to the arousal system being switched on is very attractive for women. I mean, they love it. They love the journey. And what's happening is usually there's so much focus on the destination, right? The actual sex, the orgasm, the pleasure. That's like the destination. And there's often a very high expectation or sexpectation and pressure to just get to the destination. So much so that we often forget that the journey is a huge component. The process of getting to that state where the arousal switch can be turned on and you're like, yes, now this is super enjoyable. I love this. That journey is being eliminated and has been eliminated for quite some time. And what What women don't know about themselves and what husbands often don't know about their wives is like that journey of getting on that path and starting to put into the equation those things that women find very arousing and satisfying and excitable. Those are fun to experience, super fun. And when we're able to put those into the equation, man, once we get to arousal, we're like, I like this. I can see why people like this. I like this. (laughs) It's just that these things are not happening very often, if at all. So we need a system that is way more inclusive. Now, I want to give you a little peek inside the reproductive system. And we're just going to take a minute to do this. because. When we're taught the reproductive system in school and in basic sex ed, we don't realize that there is something that is automatically embedded into this teaching and something that is automatically excluded. 
So when we are taught the reproductive system in our sex ed and the school system, we are taught that um, the penis has to enter the vagina and it has to deliver the sperm, right? This is how we are able to keep creating babies so that the human population will continue to exist. Now, in this process of delivering the sperm, the the penis has to be primed. It has to get into a certain position <laughs> in order to be aroused enough to deliver the sperm, right? It's not like you can just think, hey, sperm, exit my body and go enter into the wife and create a baby, right? No, <laughs> The body has to actually go through a process. The male body does. So in order for the male to actually be successful in delivering the sperm, the penis has to be aroused. It has to have that change, that shift in its position. And while it is being aroused and while it is getting penetrated into the vagina, uh, there's a lot of nerve endings in that penis, and it is enjoying that experience a lot. It is very, very pleasurable. And so when the the penis actually delivers the sperm into the vagina, it does that through the orgasm, through the ejaculation, which is pleasurable. That's a pleasurable experience. So pleasure is automatically included and embedded into the male's experience of reproduction. Now, this is not true for the women. This is not true at all. So the woman, her job is to receive the sperm, right? In order to create babies, right? We have to receive it. It has to go into our bodies, it has to, the sperm has to make contact with the egg inside with the ovary. But that doesn't mean pleasure is included or embedded. It is not. And this is why. The vaginal canal has very few nerve endings in it. Because think about what takes place there after a human is created, right? <laughs> The baby has to be birthed from there. The baby has to come through the vaginal canal. And if it had as many nerve endings as a penis had, that would be excruciating and women would never have more babies, right? But it's painful enough with the few that we got in there and we still continue to have babies. So it's worth it. But that's with the few nerve endings that we have. So it is having the, the intercourse, receiving the sperm. We don't have a lot of nerve endings in the vaginal canal. So it is not as pleasurable for women as it is for men to be successful in the actual reception of sperm and creating babies. It is not the same. And so a vagina... A, and a woman, we can still be successful in the reproductive system 
without much pleasure. All of our pleasure nerves are somewhere else. They are not in the vaginal canal. And do we know where that is? I hope so. If you don't, then let's make sure we know now it's in the clitoris. And the clitoris is not up inside the vaginal canal. So that means if we want a pleasurable experience for the woman, we have to pay attention and make that part of our focus during intercourse because it is not automatically included. And so we really need to make sure that when we are talking about sex and sex drives and libidos and things that are missing from the experience, we have to make sure that we also say, hey, are we paying attention to the clitoris in all of this? Are we including that? And not only that, are we including that whole journey that gets the female arousal system ignited and turned on? Have we included the journey? I think it's a big mystery out there that the journey in and of itself can almost be orgasmic for women. We can enjoy the journey so much and it can be so fulfilling and so pleasurable that by the time we're like, hey, we need to get the arousal system going, it can be like super fast, very similar to a man's reaction. But we have to have those prerequisites in. We have to address the emotional contribution to arousal. Are we doing that? It's one of the biggest contributors to arousal, so much so that it can totally turn women on. The right emotions, having them involved and put into the system. And I, as we get to the end of this, I want to point out just a trap that a lot of couples fall into, and that's this. Well, we're both having sex. Like, it's got to be pleasurable for both of us, right? I mean, sex is pleasurable, right? Aren't we both enjoying this? I mean, most men think I'm enjoying it, so she's got to be enjoying it. Maybe she doesn't enjoy it as much as me, but we're both enjoying it, right? It's usually not the case. Often not the case. And this is why it's not really embedded or included in the reproductive system. So we have to make sure that we are spending time, a good amount of time on the journey, on the awesome emotions that really contribute to female arousal, and that we are focusing on the clitoris and not ignoring it. And I really want us to think about this, like everyone wants sex to be a little bit easier than it is, right? But it is easier for the reproductive aspect for men than it is for women. So it's not going to help any couple to spend more time focusing on what's already easy and already taken place, taking place automatically. The time and the focus needs to shift over to what hasn't been focused on, what has been missing all this time, and really make sure that as we spend more time on the parts that are actually missing, that's what makes sex easier 
for both spouses. So this week, see if you can pay attention to yourself. Women, I want you to ask yourself this question. What draws me in to sex in and of itself, right? To discover more about yourself and who you are as a sexual being, what actually makes you turned on, and what actually draws you in to your husband. Not what makes you turn away from your husband, but what actually draws you in to be closer to him. And husbands, I want you to ask yourself the same question about your wife. Like, pay attention. What have you noticed is taking place when she moves in closer to you? Is it you grabbing her butt and her boobs? Is that it? When you do that, is she like, yes, I'm ready to go? Or is it something different? Let's see if this week we can increase our own awareness about what actually draws a woman in towards sex. Let's see if we can find something new this week that we didn't know before. Because remember, the more you restore this type of intimacy with yourself, the more you restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you will join me again next week.